Hi, my name's Alistair. <laughs> my name's Kat. We're Ali Cat, and this is Bad Pop Productions Podcast. Gender Wars, <laughs> listeners. Gender Wars. How would you define it according to to how it sounds, Gender Wars? It is a war between what? genders. Yeah. It is... Say this it's is, a culture <coughs> war, right? Is this is your topic today, so you're going to have to take the lead on these definitions and things. Uh-huh. Gender it's, wars, culture wars. Do you know, that's I a very masculine, wars, masculine, chauvinistic way to describe it, you know? There's almost really? a sexism in the way you're, you know, war and combat and one against the other. Well, that's just what I've read online that it was being called nowadays. I would say... Um, it's a cultural war. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so let me not define it, but let me contextualize it. Listeners, it seems to me the past couple of years, gender and the definition of gender is becoming increasingly nuanced. When I was young, you were male or female, boy or girl, masculine, fe- masculine or feminine. I didn't... There wasn't much talk online about transgender, trans people, trans troops, trans rights. There wasn't... uh, I never heard the word intersex. I never heard cisgender, non-binary. These have definitions now and there are people increasingly in... To be fair, I know this is going to sound a bit mean, but in the rich world that are going by these terms... Um, because of social media now and the reach of the internet, a lot of people know what this is. When me and Ali were kids, I didn't know what what a trans person was. Um, my father had to tell me. I mean, I heard the term in school. People, I mean, I mean, of course, the kids would use that an insult. They 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 would say they were tranny. That's very um, wrong. Oh, sorry, I thought you were going to say funny. They would use the word tranny as an insult, so they called me a tranny. I didn't know what that was, so I came home and I asked my mom, and she was like, it's someone who's trans, but she just told me to ask my dad, so I asked my dad and he explained it, that transgender was an umbrella term for people who weren't comfortable with their biological sex. So the gender dysphoria pretty good uh, definition actually because he's a doctor Mm. so so the definition was quite clear it was not derogatory yeah the um that is a medical condition that is diagnosed in someone and some people go down the route of becoming the sex they want to be and some people don't um interestingly enough actually in the uk statistically the past couple of years um the diagnosis of the medical disorder and it's in the psychiatric books it's a medical disorder Mm -hmm. so this is in my opinion this is actually a fact in the system Mm -hmm. in countries that they have this many young children their teens under the age of 16 in the past couple of years and you can look at the stats have been diagnosed with Gender dysphoria. Dysphoria. Yeah. And um, 
there was a clinic in London which specialised in this and they would put uh, the patients on puberty blockers mm -hmm. uh, until they were about maybe 16 or 17 to basically stall the development of the body to really just buy them time to decide. And then let's say hypothetically if the decision was no, they didn't want to transition and they didn't feel this way anymore, which actually happens. Um, I remember when I was a teenager, I wasn't uh, comfortable with my body, but I never wanted to become a man. So it wasn't a gender type. But I think just to say that is part I mean, I didn't of like, like my body. Body my... dysphoria can occur in lots of different ways. That's body ways. dysphoria, right? Uh -huh. But gender dysphoria is a part of that. Like it's the fact mm -hmm. that you don't... Um... You don't like your biological body. Yeah. You don't want your biological or sex. Or I think dysphoria is it's a mental illness. So this is where it kind of changes a bit for some people. Um, I think the dysphoria is you perceive it in a way that other people don't or that it isn't mm -hmm. and that's why so when it comes to body dysmorphia sorry um you this is quite an issue around say things like anorexia mm -hmm. or bulimia and people have a distorted view of their body that other people don't see so you can have people that are next to death you know they're so skinny but they view themselves as kind of you know real sort of you know fat fucks, like, you know, the real big ones that go around in strollers. That's why it's a, a dysmorphia, like it's a, a psychiatric disease because they perceive it in a way that is not consistent with reality, with how the rest of the world sees it. Um, this used to be the way I think that most transgender issues were, were seen as, and there used to be for quite a long time people were recommended to take, um, like they felt that their body, that they were female, let's say, and their body was male, so male to female. Um, the dysmorphia came from the fact that they perceived their body in a way that other people didn't, or they believed their body kind of should have been. Now we're getting to this point where it's a bit more um, like self-ID, where maybe the, we're not considering it so much a psychiatric disorder, where um, psychiatric care is not the appropriate way to deal with it, but rather we should just let people identify like people just want to identify self id like, is the this new is the term thing. now well this is the, i think it's also a slightly different approach in that people mm. are not really told that they have a, a disorder or a mental illness by perceiving themselves to be a different gender but rather that is a, a choice that is an inherent part of being human that this is a spectrum that this is a societal thing if that makes sense see i find that very interesting because I would agree with that. Why should someone who... I actually do as well. I, I think it... Why yeah. should someone have the stigma of being declared mentally mm -hmm. ill? Mental... Uh, when they just yeah. aren't... I mean, I don't really... It'll be different for every when person, right? When they are comfortable right? with... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. no. When but, they basically don't want to be the sex that they are. But this is my point. For every, Why should they for some be people, considered be different. mentally ill? For some people, it will be that they are uncomfortable with their body, as it is. Um, yes, for some people, there right. will be mental illnesses wrapped in there. For some people, it will just be a preference. For some people, it will be a choice. And, you know, for a lot of people, this is just a natural part of, you know... Well, um, growing up. I guess so, but just gender is a... All of these things are broad spectrums. People can feel very differently. Um, Sorry, may I just interrupt mm -hmm. you there? 
they seem to be broad spectrums now, but I remember when I was younger, I must have lived in a bit of a bubble because to me there were only boys and girls. But, I think but that's then kind of the my... internet wasn't much back then and social media wasn't there and like the media wasn't really talking about trans people. No, but this is kind of my point. I think... Um... Or at least they weren't in the UK. They might have been in the rest of the world and I didn't know about it, but I really don't think so. No, it's certainly become bigger of last Yeah, years, that's... And like, I, I don't know why. There's, I think there's a number of reasons for it. Um, it's definitely more talked about. And is. I don't know why. I don't know why. Because when I was a kid, I don't remember it being talked about at all. Even when I began to read the newspapers when I was in high school, I don't, I don't really remember this being mentioned. No. I think it was a smaller group as well back then. I think more people are starting to identify under that kind of broad banner. Why? Just now. At point? Um, I think that I think there's a number of reasons for it. I was going to make a point before that, though. Completely Sorry, gone from my I interrupted mind. you. Um, you were talking about the gender That was it. So I think there are transgender people suffer a lot of different um mental health issues at a higher rate than you know the, the rest of the population so there are some real mental health issues wrapped in with this however um the history of mental health care is not a pretty one um we are no it's not slowly starting to move towards um i guess kind of ongoing care and kind of helping people and, and kind of um It's a more holistic approach now than it's ever been and it's moving further in that direction. However, historically, mental health diagnoses have often been used against people that society doesn't like or who are a bit different from the norm. And it's just been used as another way to um, incarcerate people. So, um, you know, I think nowadays, both as a society and the science shows that, you know, being gay or is a spectrum you know most people find themselves in somewhere on that um and even people that deny that there's a number of experiments they they can do and um, one of the interesting ones is to show um erotic images on like a screen and you can take both you know measurements from the brain and also from different parts of the body that react to erotic stimulus and you can see that even people that identify as straight have some degree of response to lots of different... So it's a spectrum somewhere. And, you know, when you get to a certain point, you can say... Everyone's allowed to identify. Everyone can say, oh, I'm straight or, you know, gay or whatever. That's fine. But it is a spectrum. But at one point, being gay was just seen as a mental health issue. Like, it was a mental illness. It was a disease that you had. Um, and, and filthy, disgusting nowadays disease. Nowadays, in some countries, they still push gay conversion. They absolutely do. In these camps in some mm -hmm. parts of the United States. I think that's more religious, States. but this was really wrapped into the medical community as well. But, um, but this is true. This has been true for a long time. Women it's have like suffered. It's like yeah. though, isn't it? You know, the joke that we have today about, say, Karens and the way that they kind mm -hmm. of, you know, that used to be, um, you know, that kind of attitude was seen as a sort of hysteria that women suffer from. Women that were too bullshit like that or defended themselves or stood up for themselves. Um, they would often be um, sectioned, you know. 
um, because that was an, an attribute that women should not have had. Um, it was seen as a mental health. So I'm just saying, it's not a, like there are some genuine mental health issues that trans people have to deal with at a far higher rate than the rest of the population. But also, I think declaring all of these things mental health issues, there's not a very pretty history to that. Um, you've got to be careful with it to some degree. I think that the reason there's a number of reasons why the trans issue is bigger at the moment one they're fighting for recognition as a group so that's going to it's push definitely it to the more present at least in what i read yeah. i don't know about the rest of the world but it's definitely also being talked a lot mm -hmm. quite a lot in the media in the u.s and but online in the u.s to take the kind of gay thing as an example i think um you know, there's been quite a big change in that over our lifetime. Do you think about our parents' generation? You were really gay or straight. It was one or the other, and um, whether you were a man or a woman, you kind of were one or the other. I remember bisexual was a thing when I was a kid. That wasn't so taught. So that was a kind of transition where people could really say somewhere in the either. middle. Yeah, I didn't hear about that until um, I was but I remember, university. Like, even in high school, I remember a number of people who were gay hated people that identified as bisexual. This won't be everyone, but uh, they felt it was just trying to you know, have your cake and eat it too. Like you should just pick Some the people one that you think are. that, but I'm like, but to say it's just, not up to the person. It absolutely is. And to say today, I'm just confused. Like, but this is an example. The reason I'm making this example is that I think that gay people are all of us. I think that this thing is that sexuality is now widely considered to be a very broad spectrum. I think a lot more people today are comfortable identifying however they want, straight girls, but you know, not feeling guilty about being attracted to, say, a more male thing or a more female thing, as well as their kind of primary identity. Um, I know for me, we've often talked about this. I, you know, almost exclusively consider myself a straight man. That's how I identify, it's fine. But I'm really happy to like identify the certain aspects of, say, male sexuality that I find attractive. Not a lot, but bits of it. Um, I'm kind of cool with that, but I'm happy identifying as straight overall. Um, but I think that's that's becoming more common, and I think it's probably this shift and shake-up in terms of gender identity is also going in that direction where I think more people are willing to recognise that they can identify a little bit this way, or a little, you know, that you don't have to be kind of fool one thing or the other, that you can pick attributes from you know things that are traditionally masculine or feminine and mix and match as you feel comfortable or what you like. Um, I think there's more people say identifying as, as trans for, for that reason. Um, yes. <coughs> I'm so okay? sorry, I can't wait. Like, excuse me. Coughing an awful lot. Sorry, listeners, I apologize. Now, you covered a lot of stuff there. I did. I was kind of jumping around. Can I just start, actually summarize? I think oh, okay. my main point is um, be careful when using mental health problems to diagnose someone that's a bit different from the, you know, in brackets, the norm, because it's not always a useful thing. And also, I think. Comparing gender to sexuality is really useful because we can see the way that sexuality um, became more acceptable to pick over time. I think transness is also going to do that. 
Um, I think you're going to find in the future more and more people finding themselves somewhere on a spectrum. Not everyone, but more people are going to feel comfortable identifying somewhere on a spectrum rather than being solidly, oh, I'm male or I'm female or whatever. That seems to be the, I mean, I don't want to use the word trend because it sounds very fickle, mm -hmm. so I won't, I guess, but that does seem to be the way at least it is now, at least in the UK. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure in some parts of the world they don't even talk about this because it's about survival. That's okay, another yeah, thing sure. is that I've read many articles that have said rather unkindly this is uh, a rich world trend or a rich world thing and I'm like I don't really sure know if that's a nice way of describing it but I've heard some articles contextualize it in that way it's almost like they're saying that there's no problem so some people need to create problems problem, no? but I don't really think that's a very well it doesn't seem like the nicest way of contextualizing it but then again I mean, the argument there is essentially, oh, if you've I suppose got, you can't always be nice about if things. If you've got so. more than three meals worth of food a day, you don't have a right to complain about anything. And I guarantee it's the people. It's standard. Well, that's what I mean. The people that are then complaining about transness as creating problems that don't exist, they, those people will have their own issues that don't exist that they're creating. Like, everyone has their bugbears and things that they well, want to fight and change. My bugbear is everything at the minute, but you know that, especially yeah. you. You're my bugbear. I am your... Oh, thank you. You're my bugbear, too. <laughs> well, stop it. Not in front of the listeners. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. No, wait. So I need to go back to what you had said. Now, uh -huh. you did raise the point. It's a mental disorder. It's a psychiatric problem. Um, the dysmorphia part is, if you had it, But what I'm saying is, I don't think all trans people will come under that today. I, I think that... For a lot of people, they'll they won't see their body differently, um, and they'll maybe be picking parts of gender identity that better suit them from different genders. But the current system, mm -hmm. unless I'm wrong across the world, but I think I'm correct, is that the current system is that in order to go through the healthcare system to get a to get to become the sex you want is the only way. That's the official. Yeah. Sorry, where the um. Where, where you go through the yeah. puberty blockers, perhaps if you're really young, if you're not young, then you don't. If you're past that stage, then you do the hormone treatments mm -hmm. and then come, you know, the other more what you would call artificial operations. Sort of. So if you were a man that wanted to become a woman, you would take um, hormones to make uh, your hair not grow. Mm -hmm. So they decrease your level of testosterone. Or estrogen if you're going the, the other way. Yeah. Um, and then more artificial, although I probably shouldn't use the word artificial, more other gender reassignment mm -hmm. operations happen. With the final one, if you're going from man to woman, is the snip. Well, not not, not the snip. It's actually the penis is inverted. Mm -hmm. See, I used to think that they caught the chop. Actually, this it's not that crude. It's actually very... Um, a detailed, very specific operation. It's a very long it's operation as well. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's a lot of... And um, my father, who is a doctor, although he doesn't specialise in these ops, he actually knows many other doctors who trained as surgeons that mm -hmm. do, is not rever is not reversible. So you need to be damn sure by you the point You have to, yeah. And bringing us on to that, after me talking about the stigma of having to go through all that to be who you want to be... There has recently been a ruling in the British Supreme Court that in relation to trans patients, mm -hmm. 
So people or teens who are diagnosed with um, the dysphoria, actually, to be fair, a lot of them, after a while, they don't feel like that. But if they continue to, then the diagnosis then is from psychiatrists that they're transgender and they're not comfortable with their sex and they want to be the opposite sex. If they're under the age of 16, a lot of them, and, and there's an increasing amount prior to the ruling for the past couple of years, actually, and they don't know why in the UK. And and I think it's partly because it's being more talked about everywhere. So I think this has led to a lot of teens perhaps being trapped in a bit of a bubble um, too. So although a lot of them really do feel this way, I don't really think it's helped because a lot of this feeling for the dysphoria I was reading in the articles eventually they just don't feel it but if it continues like this for a couple of years then the psychiatrists say they're transgender but equally they also need to go by what the patient says the problem is is that the clinic in England was putting a like like a disproportionately high amount of teens who were being who had the diagnosis mm -hmm on pu puberty yeah. blockers. The thing is though, a lot of them then just said, well, I don't want to go the full way. Yeah. But the thing is though, it's the not reversible what had... does do mm -hmm. damage, although they don't go further than that. So in theory, Don't think damages are, they cause changes, right? Like it's not- Well, they all... basically buy for time, so they stall the pu puberty as long as you're on them. So it will affect, but it, I don't think- But it's... you need to bear in mind that puberty is Although there are exceptions where there's something that's not quite right about the person. It's just one word I'm picking up there. It's linked to age. Yeah. So let's say, for example, from what I've read, if you're put on puberty blockers when, let's say, you're 13 or 14, you, you I mean, some teens are still undergoing it. Mm -hmm. But if you're put on it maybe past the age of 16, you know, there was some research that I read about that it could damage you because your puberty isn't happening, I suppose, in the time scale mm -hmm. that generally it's supposed to. Although I still think it's reversible because they don't go further. Like, like you know, if you fall out of that feeling or but I just that want disorder, to say very quickly for then that, they don't go further. The yeah. issue with this clinic in England was not that these puberty blockers had unintended consequences. They, you can call it damage, but it is. But just to clarify, it's not that these puberty blockers were doing things they were not intended to do. They worked as they were supposed to. But when the person didn't want to continue with it, they were left in a in a different state than had they gone all the way or had they um, not undergone that, like undergone puberty normally. Which is very difficult. Um, you know, it's only damage if you kind of you pull out and see like. It's a huge say, hit or miss depending just to say on the, puberty the end results. Blockers didn't misfunction yeah no they did their function it's just that things changed for the patient for the person that's the thing yeah and that's not to say that's not important either but just yeah. to clarify oh, they, yeah, they didn't do damage in that they didn't act in an unintended way maybe damage isn't the word then it's just to yeah clarify i think damage is a fine word but just to clarify that that's a good point um but that really wasn't the ruling so i'm no. contextualizing this so yeah, yeah. i'm like Sorry. adding yeah, a lot right. to it yeah. Um, perhaps I shouldn't, perhaps I should be more concise, but I feel I need to contextualize it a bit more here. Um, that's generally the root. So the thing is though, the thing is though, there was a patient and in the news they were known as, they, they were known by the real name. This was, um, a biological female that went through the process and was at the clinic. Um, she was diagnosed with 
the diagnosis of gender dysphoria? dysphoria put on pu puberty blockers because this was done prior to because she went through this diagnosis prior to the age of 16 yeah went through hormone treatment and then eventually in her early 20s went through the final op went through the final operations to change the biological sex into the sex that she wanted which unusually was female to male that statistically is not as common as the reverse which is male to female statistically actually across the trans community it generally tends to be um male to female and they don't know why that is not something that is really kind of cast in stone as to why it is um and this patient, we'll call her, I mean, sorry, we will call the person a patient in her 20s. Do you know what um, happened? This patient decided she she wasn't comfortable being a man mm -hmm. after all that. Yeah. So either that's a severe misdiagnosis or she wants or this person wants a lot of attention <laughs> and i sense it's not that this person wants a lot of attention yeah. because she then took the case to the supreme court so and mm. the ruling was that patients who are undergoing the um whole process um can only be put on pu puberty blockers now legally when they're 16. yes <clears throat> because it's not that cannot be reversed for her yep so i don't know what sexuality or sex this because she's saying that she's now not associating with being a man is that the band pop productions cat oh my god Lucy. yeah i i, I so i'm very confused because i think that's very rare after that length of time that someone would then want well, this is what I was well, going to say. I'm confused because that's a huge mistake on everyone's part, though, isn't it? I don't know if it is necessarily a mistake. Um, I mean, it's terrible if that happens. It to is you. terrible. However, that's a, one of the issues here is that mental health diagnoses and conditions in general, they actually have a very short um, half life. Your diagnosis, so they actually change quite a bit um, over time, and just due to the nature of how we kind of diagnose and, and I guess do tests for, for mental illnesses, there's, it's got a bit, all the diagnoses have a bit more of a kind of blurred edge. So different people can fall into different categories and different practitioners will maybe feel that one illness is better, like it's better to treat it as one illness or another one or something else will present more um, strongly to someone over it. There's a bit of like subjectiveness to it as well. And the conditions, what I mean by say they have a fairly short half-life is that they actually either change or the diagnosis is no longer present after short fairly short periods of time compared to like other kinds of diseases. So I do find that putting someone on like life, body, things that will alter your body for the rest of your life um, for conditions that are normally fairly short term is um, probably not right. Well, it's highly risky. Yeah, it is. It's a huge hit or miss it because is. if at the end of the day that's great for them, then it's a fantastic thing. But if it's not, it's, this is I mean, thing. it's terrible. And I think the other point is it, it, 
at the age that you have to start taking these, you're not an adult. So like there are very few um, operations you can consent to at that time. Um, yeah, very few that you can consent to at, at that time because um, you're not viewed as having the, the wherewithal to kind of make that decision. Yet, if you are the type of person that's going to have gender dysphoria for the rest of your life, it may be a better like option to start then. Um, I actually don't think this is a long-term problem. Like, I think a lot of people, when they talk about this issue, and, and gender issues in general, imagine that our current level of, say, technology and practice within the medical community is going to be how it is in 10 years' time or 100 years' time or whenever. Um, what I'm trying to say is today, like the whole point is some people have, the, imagine this girl here. So she has had gender dysphoria at a very young age and decided to go through a treatment at a very young age and then not been happy with the result. Um, at the same time, you can imagine another person starting at the age that she started at, and they'd be very happy with it. And if they were refused it at the age of 13 or 14, they may have a very difficult life because they didn't get the treatment. Today, we can't tell the difference between who is going to be happy with it in 30 years' time and who isn't. At some point in the future, we may be able to do that. We may get a much better idea of, right, this person will be happier with this result, this person will be happier with, with this one. But I do think that before you do any physical changes um, to an issue that's a mental health issue, you know, something inside the brain, I think um, other forms of treatment should be tried. So as I say, I think the condition you need to reach to have gen a diagnosis of gender dysphoria is you must be um, distressed by your body. There has to be a level of distress involved for the person. And I don't see why that... that Anything that's an issue of distress can be dealt with, with um, or should be dealt with primarily through other means, say CBT or you know, um, any kind of type of counselling and different things like that before going for kind of invasive or even medical things like so, you know if you present with anxiety, I think the primary thing should be to offer kind of care for the anxiety before even putting things like antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds in, into someone. Um, Obviously, I have no problem with those. Use those when, you know, the treatment doesn't work. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of the kind of gender issues should really be... At this age, yeah, sorry, does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think that some of the problems we have today will not be problems in the future. Like, we'll be better able to tell which people will be happier or not without it. Um, but also... Time, sorry, I was just going to say, I think time makes a lot of these things better. Um, I think the legal side's actually pretty good at the moment. Um, the In America, they use the, oh God, what was it, the Civil Rights Act of 19, is it 67? I'm not sure. Or 68? Some, so the Civil Rights Act, which is the one that kind of... Um, uh, no longer gave legal protection against um, discrimination for um, sex, like mm -hmm. male or female, or for um, kind of race. Uh, so you're not allowed to discriminate people on those. The 
And actually for issues of sexual orientation and um, gender orientation, they've used the exact same law. So I think in America, this was last year, the Supreme Court ruled that they, they didn't even have to pass new legislation. They just said that the language of this law actually applies to these issues as well. So it doesn't just apply to your like biological sex, like being mm -hmm. male or female born. Um, it also applies to people with their sexual orientation and also whatever gender identity they hold. Um, so you're not allowed to kind of um, uh, discriminate against those grounds. Um, I actually, God, we're running over a bit now, so it's a complex point to put in, but I, we've talked about this before. I actually think discrimination can be okay sometimes, so long as you recognise it as discrimination and make efforts to get away from it. But, you know, because sometimes you just don't have the materials or the knowledge to fully integrate more kind of complex um, identities or people within to a, a system, you know, but over time, the more we know and develop, the less that becomes an issue. Um, you know, today, it is the thing as well, you know, today being a born and assigned a gender of being a man, but wishing to be a woman and actually also physically change your body, we can do that to a very good degree, you know, we can make, um, you know, the, the term in the community, are you passable? Do people know you're born a woman or do they think that, you know, you are a trans woman? Um, the more we go down this route, the, like, the longer, sorry, the more time passes, the more techniques and tools we'll have to more fully um, let people look how they wish to look um, if you imagine you know just a point say a thousand years in the future you know you can imagine with technology you'll be able to pretty much pick your face for the morning <laughs> um, uh, so we're at this kind of weird point at the moment where some things can be changed a bit some things can't certain groups have certain attributes over other ones i think you know the attributes that the trans women have are slightly different to the attributes that you know um, women born as women have as a community they're slightly different and um, integrating those two groups can be a bit difficult but over time that becomes easier and easier um, yeah so like uh, just to kind of clarify the point of discrimination take the example of trans women being allowed into women's prisons or even women's shelters so there's situations where you have vulnerable women and you're putting trans women into that. Um, the trans community argues it's discrimination not to allow them in there. And certain groups, um, particularly feminist groups, argue that it's dangerous to allow people with penises into these situations. And the authorities are stuck in the middle. They absolutely are. <laughs> They're like, what do we do about it? However, I actually think today there are legitimate concerns because I say women, trans women as a population have slightly different attributes than... Um, let's just say women born as women so mixing those two groups in situations where the women born as women are vulnerable can be difficult and I actually think for the time being a little bit of discrimination is okay you know you, I probably wouldn't allow someone with a penis into a women's only prison and I know there's a lot of edge cases some people will you know there'll be a lot of edge cases where that even that view breaks down a bit however as a general point, I think that's fine. We should recognise that as discrimination. It does discriminate against trans women. However, I think that, 
you know, I don't care about keeping women with penises out of women's prayer. Like, I don't care if someone has a... That's not what I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is certain types of violence occurring towards the people in these, like, in a, in a women's prison. And I think... And the general anxiety that might be created by the presence of someone who's not... A woman, yep. But remember... Biologically... Pr- I mean, yep. I suppose it's... I, I don't know what term to use without... It gets difficult, but I think... Yeah. I'm trying to make the point, though, and I think that, um, actually, when it comes to, say, women um, in these... In a women's only prison, I don't want to stop violence against women from trans women. Like, I don't want to stop the violence that trans women perpetuate against women in these prisons. I want to stop all violence within a prison. If there's any situation where someone is vulnerable, you don't care whether the violence comes from someone with a penis or something like that. You should want to just stop all violence and make prison a safer place for people to be and if you can stop all violence within a prison if you can design a better prison system which doesn't allow for violence from inmate to inmate to occur then you can mix populations like if there's if you've designed a perfect prison where no violence is possible you can mix groups completely and it doesn't make a difference there shouldn't really be any anxiety because you know if it's not possible for one inmate to attack another you can mix as much as you like um, I think that's my point. Like, we should be looking at ways to integrate um, say trans people into these groups by removing the gender from it completely. Like, and actually asking what we care about. And I say, we don't really care about how trans women um about the violence or whatever that trans women could commit. Like, what we really care about is um, all violence, really. It's a, the example that I always give of this is, like, gay men not being allowed to give blood in the mm-hmm. UK. Um, I actually don't have a problem with banning it because as a population, gay men have slightly higher instances of, let's say, um, like, blood-borne diseases, like HIV being mm-hmm. the big one. Um, as a population, they absolutely do have a higher rate. I think it's okay to ban them as long as you recognise that that is discrimination and you make efforts to um, deal with the issue that you actually care about. We don't care about diseases in gay blood. We care about diseases in all <laughs> blood. And if you can design a system that eliminates all disease, then you know it, you don't need to discriminate anymore. And actually, this is what we've done now. Before, when you went to get blood, they would ask you if you've had sex with a like a gay, if you're a gay man, if you've had sex with a man, if you are a man, um, and that would bar you from giving blood. It's a very simple question. Nowadays, every person that comes in has to give a more detailed explanation of their sexual activity because that then lets you give a more tailored risk assessment for every person coming in, which is better because, you know, there's a lot of gay men who are in monogamous relationships and their risk profile is much lower than, say, a young straight man who's out having sex with a new partner every night and no mm-hmm. protection, where uh, he, the young straight man is allowed to give blood even though he's far riskier than the gay man. So, um, you know, if there's a certain point in the past, I don't care, I don't mind that discrimination if the gay people... Oh, I'm losing it now. So, I don't care about the discrimination if 
let's say 20 years ago, you decided that if you were to give everyone a detailed explanation of their sexual history, that you weren't going to get anyone giving blood, then that's a bad thing and we kind of need blood people to give blood. So absolutely, just, you know, ban the gay people from it, keep the system going, but work on over time, work to make it so that you can actually attack the thing you care about, which is, you know, diseases within bloods rather than just scapegoating one kind of community for it. Um, I think the same thing's actually happening with, um, uh, I say, trans issues at the moment. There are some very legitimate concerns about trans women being in certain areas or communities where you have vulnerable women. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't really care about how these women are made more vulnerable by trans women. We should care about how vulnerable these women are made by all women or all men or any and if you can remove if you can solve the vulnerability issue then suddenly there's no issue with trans people in this situation i think that's the mature way forward with it and just to say i'm somewhere in between all of this um as far as this kind of gender wars goes um i think that there is major discrimination against trans women and trans people today um i think that some of that discrimination can be justified but i think we need to move forward and get away from it like we have with other discriminations or as we're trying to do with other discriminations okay okay that actually is a very um gosh we're really over guys we are actually that is a very ridiculous um, very excellent way to end it because ali likes to talk thanks quite the talker Quite the pocket. I barely got a word in edgeways there. Well, you talked for the first part, and I think I... I you set it up, and I just knocked it home. Yeah. Shut up! What? What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. You knocked it home as if I could knock it home too. Okay, good then. Well, I can't because we're out of time. Oh, so you can't then. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I don't punch you one. Oh my God, I said that for the listeners. That's a joke, by the way. So, I, I never punch my partner. Well... Judging by the look in your face, it may be that there's only going to be one of us doing the next. <laughs> what, so the next podcast. podcast will be a monologue? That's going to be pretty dull. There'll be no dynamics. Like I suspect It'll just so. be you talking. I guess one of us will be out of the house. No, Probably that's... me. <laughs> I see what you're doing with your finger, by the way. Oh, I was <laughs> Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Okay, guys. Um, all right, well, that has ended it on a very enlightening note. Jeez. Just a little bit of a surprise for you. Uh, our next pod right after this is going to be an apocalyptic scenario. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk that through. Slightly different format. I won't tell you too much. You guys will need to tune in. For the apocalypse. Okay. Okay. Bye so, from Cat. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Ali Cat and Bam Pop Productions Podcast. Bye.